Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, your money, money shot of uncommon sense for people in the business of helping others through teaching, tutoring and coaching. Now, I'm always eager to hear from you, so keep your stories and insights coming, as well as all your questions and problems. Do get in touch. It's info at neilcamado.com. And welcome to episode 59. Why writing stuff down is very smart. I'm a massive fan of paper and pen, as you're probably going to gather from the tone of this. But I'm also big on digital too. Because these days, everything is digital, whether it's your PC, your Mac, whatever you're using. Uh, Your phone, your cell phone, it's a PC too, remember. Your camera, which is probably on your phone, and digital recorder, either a standalone device or the one on your phone. Just about everything is going digital or it's already gone. But I think this is a big, big mistake. And it's why I think you should kick ass and take notes at the same time. First of all, research suggests that writing things down compels us to reprocess our thoughts and understandings. The very act of forming words and handling a pen causes your brain to engage different motor groups. So more of your brain is firing off when you're thinking and processing your thoughts in order to get them down on paper. And in order to get them, we have to clarify the ideas into some kind of form of words to crystallize them if you like ideas whizzing around in your head are very very nebulous so it's vitally important to to gather them corral them and herd them shepherd them a lot of livestock metaphors there into some kind of order the best process i know to compel that action that rounding up is to just start writing things down this is certainly true if you're Taking notes, contemporaneous notes, for instance, in a lecture or in a lesson for yourself, you can't do it verbatim. You simply can't write that fast unless you're a stenographer or you do shorthand or something weird like that. So what you tend to do when you're taking notes is listen more closely. Reprocess the ideas in your own mind and condense the material into your own terms, your own expressions. So they're actually being woven and and compressed into the way you already think so when you're capturing ideas jotting down an idea on paper clarifies your thinking this is why i write this is why i blog this is actually why a podcast as well why i write books and other articles is to help me to better understand the ideas the materials and thoughts that i'm exposed to and the old ones i come up with myself and there's a curious thing and this is feedback from my students. When I write things down on paper, my students tell me it makes me seem clever, makes me, as one person put it, seem mercurial, which I like. I think it's a marvellous word. It makes me appear sharp. The opposite is true on the occasions of just said, I'll make a note on my phone. The feedback from my student there was it came across as a little bit rude. Now, I don't make this stuff up, I just report it. If you want to be thought of as rude, keep notes on your phone. If you want to be thought of as clever, write stuff down. Odd, but there you have it, that's what people tell me. Now, the next thing is, 
particularly with emotional issues, with fears, excitements, opportunities, uh, whatever. Emotions can be incredibly slippery, but they can be handled if you can get them down on paper. You can look at them and ask yourself, is that really how it is? Is that really what I think? Is that really what the evidence or the reality suggests to me? You can drag those slippery, wriggling, seething emotions out, calm them down, put them on paper, and see them for what they are. I can get away to deal with your emotional issues, your fears, your doubts, your beliefs, than to just put them down on paper and examine them coldly. Now, the very next thing for me is that paper can be big. I believe that tiny thoughts belong on tiny screens, and tiny screens will keep your thoughts small. You might be able to see two or three sentences on a a phone screen, for instance, or half a page of A4 equivalent on a, a laptop screen. Well, paper can go big. I actually use rolls of wallpaper on a pinboard to timeline ideas. On the same great big pinboard, I'll use small index cards to put ideas up there with pins and move them around, join them up with bits of string or tape to link ideas together, particularly when I'm working on a complex project. Now, obviously, that's a bit cumbersome to take around, so I can always take photographs of this stuff. In fact, I can take photographs or scan any of my documents. So portability, yeah, it's still there. Can I transmit it to other people? Yes, if I want to. But the physical act of moving those little index cards around on the big pin board or on the magnetic boards, it means that I have to see the relationships between things. So, again, I'm putting restless ideas in order, putting them in sequence and in the right relationship to one another. Now, this might seem really obvious to anyone who's ever had a data crash. Paper doesn't crash. There's some, well, there's an undoubted permanence to paper. I mean, how many times have you fished out an old photograph and remembered something or someone? How many times have you fished out one of your own journals and noticed the change along the way, where you came from, how you've changed and how you're changing now? Perhaps you've even keep notes for yourself. Um, I have one notebook. And I keep it with me pretty much all the time because nothing's worse than an idea that escapes. And sometimes I'll open the notebook to check up on something or just to take a look at what I've been doing for the last month. This is part of my monthly review process. And I'll read something that's so cool, so brilliant, so simple, so elegant that I can barely believe I thought of it. So I jot down any ideas for inventions, any turns of phrase, draw pictures for myself write down quotes, create poetry, or especially teaching insights. They all go in the notebooks. Now, there is another little book that I recommend. This isn't, but it's a, a scrapbook of positive feedback. Maybe it's a visitor's book for you. And it's to build up a vault, if you like, of positive feedback and reminders for us of all the people we've helped and guided in our businesses. Now, this is left around for social proof because people like to look at the visitors' books in, in say, old-fashioned B&Bs and notice the comments from other people. But for me, the real value of this, it's a great pick-me-up. 
when I'm having a less than fabulous day or a less than fabulous 10 minutes, I can just flip it open and there are cards and comments and all sorts of stuff scrapbooked into this thing. And it reminds me of the good work I've done with people and inspires me to get on and do more good work. So if you don't already have one, a scrapbook of the positive things that you've done along the way can be a very, very powerful motivator for you, as well as that social proof evidence if you choose to leave a visitor's book knocking around. Now, oftentimes this is, this gives me an idea that they're happy accidents. And I couldn't really imagine that happening with digital pictures. They're, well, they're less permanent. They tend to tuck themselves away into folders and hierarchical systems. And they're just less accessible than something you might stumble upon. And unless you're doing proper backups, they're much less likely to endure. Now, I can't imagine that when I'm long gone, I can't imagine my son flipping through the picture files on his old man's computer. I can't imagine that to the same extent as him opening up a, a photo album or a packet of photos or flipping open a notebook and going, oh, yeah, because there's something about going through trawling through computer files. I just don't think it's going to happen where if I can leave behind messages, thoughts, insights, ideas in a written form, I think they're much more likely to get used. Who knows, an archaeologist of the future might might disagree with me, but at the moment, I just think the paper and written records are more permanent than digital stuff. And then, of course, for me, there's the pleasure of writing itself. I love writing. I make sure I've got the right pen that glides in on exactly the right paper. I reckon it leaves a trail of dis in the perfect shade of the perfect ink, matched with exactly the right hue of paper. It's sensual, it's personal, private, and it's very seductive. It's just a joy to be able to pick up a really lovely pen and let it float. So every single day of my working life, right next to my laptop, there's my A4 Firefax, always open at the customized pages where I've designed an ideas capture area. It only takes a few seconds to jot down a fleeting spark of insight or a brilliant phrase. That's all I need. I don't have to open an app and disrupt the session by grabbing my phone, you know. that That's always on silent and it's out of sight. They have a no phone in lessons policy. And of course, the data, once I've captured it, it's not going to crash. And data crashes and how to prevent and protect yourself against them. That's the subject for the next edition. So I'll leave it there. Let me know how you get on putting the ideas to work for you and your business. What happens when you write things down? What's your experience? How do you do it? You may have better ideas than me. If you've got better ideas than me, I'm going to steal from them. And steal your best ideas. I hope you steal my best ideas. Let me know how you get on. And in the next episode, we'll be sorting through even more of the myths, mysteries and misunderstandings that we all face in the tutoring business. Trying to separate the fact from the fiction, distilling it all down to the bare bones. And you'll know exactly what to do to start, grow and love your tutoring business. Join me, Neil Camado, for the next fun-packed episode of the Tudor Podcast. Have a fabulous day. 
Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media, and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes, and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate, and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow, and love their tutoring businesses. 